Welcome to this uh, virtual session of our Halqa series, Sunday mornings. Alhamdulillah, um, today we'll cover sort of the Qamar, but a couple of words on the context of everything. It's uh, just a week ago. Um, we're gathered here as a community for Sunday morning halaqah. And, and I recall very well every single Sunday speaking about and reflecting with everyone on the tremendous blessing of being together and for salah together, congregational prayers, and for salat al-fajr together, and how precious and dear this act is to Allah. And for him to sear all of our hearts and come to gather in his mosque, how great of a blessing that is. And for us to enjoy each other's company, and for us to reflect on the word of Allah together at Salat al-Fajr or after Salat al-Fajr, and for us to gather in the kitchen every single Sunday for as many years as we can uh, recall and eat together and enjoy each other's company. What a blessing and a gift! And here it is, within a span of hours, Allah took that away, took that away from us. We're not coming here because we don't want to come here. We're coming here because we shouldn't be here, because it's actually a religious act. And here's Allah sending us a tremendous trial in the form of a microscopic virus, in which he shows us and demonstrates his incredible power over all of us, that no matter what resources and means we have, we're not even capable of making a trip somewhere because it endangers our lives. A powerful reminder of Allah indeed that he can take the gifts away, that indeed there is a you know a greater meaning to all of this and to all of life. So I wanted to just take a moment and reflect on all of this and say it feels lonely here. And subhanAllah, I say, Ya Allah, your company is far greater than anything else. And I pray to Allah Azza wa Jalla that uh, he makes us appreciate the gift of community, the gift of health, the gift of family, the gift of well-being, to appreciate his presence and his power, and to understand that this trial has an end, and this trial has a purpose. And Allah demands of us to be patient and to turn to him, because we can't even turn to each other now. We can call each other, we can uh, see each other here and there, but we really need to minimize contact. It's a very serious thing. So we can contain the spread of this virus, and it's a religious duty. It's a religious duty, but that even the handshake, as I was talking to a brother of mine, the handshake and the hug, now we cannot even exercise. Basic, basic joys of life, Allah says, be patient and remember Allah. And I would say before I continue with Surah Al-Qamar, that I would say today is a time of execution. We've learned so much about Allah through his words. Several years of reflecting upon the surahs of Allah in the Quran. We spoke about patience and we spoke about the ayat of Allah, the signs of Allah. And we spoke about the communications of Allah that he sends to all of us through his Quran. And we spoke about how all of this can also be just knowledge in the mind and in the heart. But in the end, it comes down to execution. Now, I want to ask everybody who has joined us this morning. And if Allah woke you up to join us virtually, alhamdulillah, I can feel... Your presence. It doesn't matter, matter how many, but let's make it inshallah practice because we're committed to Allah to wake up 
to him in the mornings and worship. But I wanted to ask all of us, isn't today the experience and the trial we're experiencing that everybody on this earth is going through? A thing that we learned about in the Quran, isn't this very thing uh, a subject, a theme that Allah raised and spoke about over and over in the Quran and he enlightened us and guided us as to what we do. And we'll learn about this year after year, Sunday after Sunday, of what to do in times of trials and difficulties, especially things of this scale that everybody on earth feels. We'll learn about suffering. We'll learn about the remembrance of Allah. We'll learn about turning to Him. And I would say today, time to turn to Allah and execute. Wallahi, it's a tremendous opportunity. Embedded within it are blessings and mercies beyond our imagination. If we turn our minds to Allah and our thoughts to Allah who will keep you company in these days, who will strengthen you and allow you to overcome your anxieties and stress and fears. And inshallah, by the will of Allah, we'll get through this. I ask Allah that we don't miss out on the lessons of this trial, that it gets us closer and closer and closer to Allah. It's not about just surviving it physically. It's not about our families being safe and okay. May Allah keep all of our families and all of earth safe. But it's about getting closer to that's a powerful reminder. And it ties into Surah Al-Qamr. And let me get into it, inshallah. Um, surah Al-Qamr is, you know, if I thought of a few surahs that could speak to us in these times, this would be one of them. Surah Al-Qamr. A surah entitled, entitled the moon. And it's a surah also about the powerful reminders of Allah. We spoke of reminders in times of execution. There are those who are reminded and heat. They reflect upon the experiences of their lives. They see everything as a sign of Allah. And they're able to look beyond the surface. And there are those who are surface deep. They can't see deeper. A brother of mine was talking to me that he had a conversation with someone, not of this faith, but an enlightened soul. And he said to him, you know, you know, thinking about these times and these trials and, and thinking about the Lord of the heavens and the earth and how he's in control of everything, how we're not capable of even controlling a tiny thing. We think we can, but we can't. And it doesn't matter what militaries we have, what powerful resources and armies and, and police force that we have and, and muscle power, this microscopic virus that is a soldier of Allah put all of us at home. Reminder, and this brother tells me that his friend was not of this faith, I mean, and, but yet a good soul, he's like said, wow, I never thought about that. Never thought about that. People, we take this for granted. We take these reminders for granted. The ability to even reflect on this, that Allah is in control. Allah is in control. For most people on earth, that's not an accessible thought because it's not part of their, of, of their reality. Alhamdulillah for this. Surah Al-Qamr ties into these signs of Allah right now that we're talking about in very powerful ways. And it allows us to get a glimpse and an understanding of what to think about while we're going through this coronavirus crisis. It's a surah about, if I were to summarize it thematically, and this is a surah that builds on uh, surah and najm a surah we covered last week when we were together, surah entitled The Star. And there is one verse in that surah in which Allah says, Azifatul Azifatil Azifa. Verse 57, the approaching one, the inevitable one, is approaching. What is he talking about? The day of judgment. It's coming. 
He says it's nearer to you than you think, and it's coming fast. Azifa al Azifa. And this surah comes to expound upon that. To tell us that Azifa, the sure, inevitable promise of Allah, the day of judgment is coming to you, and the signs of Allah that He's sending us out of His mercy to this earth to wake us up, to allow us to see it approaching, are abundant, and they're here in your midst. You're living through them, and there are those who see them and are able to interpret these signs as reminders from Allah, as communications that the hour is coming. That's the greatest lesson. So to all the meanings you can derive from this crisis, from everything we can go on life, the greatest insight you can derive when you look at anything is that it's ultimately a reminder that you and I are coming to the day of judgment soon. It's coming to us, and Allah will unveil it in a blink of an eye, even this crisis that we're going through. So this sort of expounds upon it, and it speaks of the inevitability of this. But within it is also another thing, which is the power of Allah himself, Qudra, the omnipotence of Allah. Isn't that also something we reflected on as we're talking about the coronavirus? The omnipotence, the power of Allah. The inescapable power of Allah, the grip of Allah, the firm grip of Allah, and he, how he can subdue everything. And we're not capable of subduing anything. We're powerless and we're helpless. And Allah emphasizes this scene in this surah and also ties it to another concept con connected to the word Qudra. Qudra is an omnipotence of Allah, but you'll see another word being referred to in this surah, which is Qadar. Qudra, Qadar, they share the same root. Qadar is fate, Qadar is decree, and it emanates from the power of Allah. Allah is the one who decrees everything. Allah is the one who creates everything with Qadar, which means precise proportion, calculation, and, and measure. He measures everything, including the laws and the experiences and the trials we go through. They're not random. Nothing that we're going through right now that's amazing is haphazard. Precisely measured by Allah Azzawajal, it has a precise beginning, precise time, precise ending, precise truths that we're all going to witness, no matter what we say or do. But that also our actions can impact those precise measures or outcomes. You and I, every single word, every single deed, Allah mentions in Surah Al-Qamar, will allow us to actually determine what can also happen. And indeed, Allah mentions in the surah, every single word and every single action that we behave with, every single thought, has an inevitable outcome according to a precise measured law of Allah. That's really the surah. And within the surah, Allah demonstrates these lessons. How there is a minor reckoning, minor reckoning happening in life. Every single torment, difficulty, hardship that human beings experience, especially in a bigger scale, such as the one that we're going through, is a torment of Allah Azza wa And it's a reckoning of Allah, but it's a mini reckoning. And if Allah is saying, when I give you a mini reckoning, and you see yourself to be very vulnerable, very hysterical, terrified, and incapable of controlling that child, that reckoning, you can do nothing about it. It's very insurmountable, right? As we're experiencing right now, it's insurmountable. There's little we can do. 
but to try to protect ourselves and and pray, right? And eventually there will be inshallah cure. Also by the permission of Allah. If we are so helpless against a minor reckoning, what about the grander and bigger reckoning of Allah? Right? That's what Allah says in this surah. And he gives us, he refers to in this surah a series of events that have happened in the past where he showed us this reckoning unveiling against powerful nations. Several powerful nations are being referred to in this surah. Past nations that have that rebelled against Allah, that, are, that have rebelled against his prophets, that have disputed with these reminders, that didn't really think deeply about the purpose of life and the fact that they're going back to Allah. And they chose a lifestyle that was devoid of any humility, any virtue, right? They were unjust people. And despite all the reminders that Allah sent them, sign after sign, reckoning even after reckoning, they didn't heed until their reckoning came to them on this earth. And Allah shows us how his reckoning, how that destruction came to them and wiped them out thoroughly and completely. They couldn't do anything about it and their powers couldn't help them. Allah is telling us in this surah, if that reckoning, mini reckoning came and took them over, wiped them out in a blink of an eye and no power they have could avail them. Well, what about the grander reckoning? Allah tells us in the surah, well, they're going to see and witness a grander reckoning when they meet Allah and all of us will experience it. Let us inshallah go through uh, some of the verses. Allah begins the surah by saying, The hour has approached, and indeed, as the title of the surah, and the moon has split, has separated. And whenever they see a sign, they turn away. And they say their reaction to the sign of Allah Azzawajal is that it's a continuous, persistent magic or source. What is Allah Azzawajal talking about? What is this reference to Al-Qamar, the moon that is split? The majority of the scholars um, see this verse as a reference to an incident, a miracle that Rasulullah Muhammad performed in Mecca. When he had a gathering of people, including believers and disbelievers, in the valley of Mina, and they were challenging Rasulullah for a period of time, as we were aware. They were telling him, you're not a prophet. Bring us signs. Bring us signs. See, there's even this defiant request to bring signs of God. But when Allah brings his signs, they're very powerful unmistakable. People want to pretend like they're confused because they don't understand, right? So there's a defiance inside of the heart. They don't understand. So one of those signs is this, the splitting, the splitting of the moon. So what happened is that in the gathering, they're asking Rasulullah for a sign, right? And Rasulullah it is reported that he, while looking at the crowd, looked up and motioned with his hand, raised his hand and, sat and, and pointed with his finger to the moon. He didn't say anything, he just pointed his finger to the moon. And everybody looked, and suddenly this moon in front of their eyes splits, cracked open, and split into two halves, separated into two halves. And the, the two halves started retreating from each other. And everybody saw that, right? And he says, he looked at it, and he says, do you see? Right? Very clear. I don't have to say anything else. Do you see the power of Allah? You ask for a sign. Here's a sign of Allah to you. Now, people were speechless. 
the people who witnessed this, believers and unbelievers in Mecca, were speechless and overwhelmed, bewildered by what they saw. Well, how can you explain that? That was a sufficient sign of Allah. Now, what Allah does us in this world is the interesting thing is the reaction. Now, anybody who could see something so powerful should be, you know, put to their knees and, and, and be humbled and be reminded instantly that indeed Allah is present and His power is overwhelming. Wow, I, we need to be shaken sometimes, right? Like coronavirus is like the splitting of the moon. Here it is, it's shaking us, reminding us that life is fleeting. Oh, going back to Allah can die any minute, right? Now, what was their reaction? Allah comments on it in, in verse 2. He says, Whenever they see a powerful sign of Allah, ayah, a reminder of Allah, a communication from Allah, ayah, right? What do they say? They're stubborn people. They turn away. And instead of just walking away, they even say something worse. They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really uh, uh, extraordinary. It's, yeah, it looks like a miraculous thing, but it's not really divine. What do they say? It's sorcery. Continuous, persistent sorcery. That this man who looked up and motioned at it is himself a madman, possessed. He's practicing sorcery on us, and this is nothing but magic that bewildered us, that bewitched us. So they're choosing, they're making a cautious decision not to believe, but to interpret it as magic because they don't want to listen. They don't want to believe in God. They don't want to devote themselves to Him. They don't want to worship. They want to give up their lives, so instead it's an easy, convenient interpretation. Say, just imagine. And they all start believing each other. It's an ideology. You know, people just start listening to the opinions of ignorant people, foolish people. They say, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that is magic, that is magic. And imagine the reaction of Rasulullah was so caring and concerned for them. So Allah is condemning this. And he's saying that reaction, well, remember, there's a precise measure for the laws of Allah. What they didn't understand is that their um, whimsical reaction, their lack of uh, care, their negligence is going to catch up with them. It's a reaction. But there's a precise law, measure of law of Allah, coming out of his khudra, out of his power, that has determined outcomes. And what they're not understanding is that because of this behavior, they're going to see a certain measure of reckoning. And he's talking to the people of Mecca at the time. Now, this is something interesting in this surah. When it was revealed 1,400 years ago, <clears throat> amongst the crowds that it spoke to, it's speaking to all of us right now, but at the time it spoke to the unbelievers in Mecca, right? Now, the unbelievers in Mecca 1,400 years ago, at the time when this was revealed, did they see the reckoning? They didn't. They didn't see the reckoning yet, right? They're still in the battle. So all they can do is reflect on history. So Allah is in this sort of taking them back into history, saying, hey, listen, wake up. I'm going to share with you lessons of the past, of people similar to you, but they were more powerful than you, who also maybe they didn't see a moon splitting, right? But they saw other powerful reminders from Allah. And the Rusul, their prophets, like Rasulullah invited them gently and humbly to the word of Allah, to worship Allah to give up the injustices, etc. And they didn't listen. And he's talking to the people of Mecca here. They didn't listen. And the reckoning of Allah caught up with them and they wiped out completely and thoroughly. Now, would you eat? Would you learn? If you don't, then Allah's message to Quraysh, 
you yourselves will face your reckoning and you yourself will become a sign from Allah to other nations and nations in the future. Make sense? So for Quraysh, Ad, Thamud, the people of Nuh, Fir'aun, they heard about them in this surah and Allah says they're signs for you. Don't become like them. Now Quraysh is looking at all of this and they're being reminded by Allah, hey, listen, you're not as powerful as Fir'aun. You're not as powerful as, as, as I. So wake up and start listening. Otherwise, they face their reckoning. You're going to face your reckoning. You don't want to become a son like that for future generations. SubhanAllah, 1400 years later, we're reading this surah. We're not just thinking about Ad Thamud, the people of Ad Thamud, Fir'aun, or Waqtah. We're thinking of also the very people who received this message 1400 years ago and they're not there. SubhanAllah. Well, some of them became Muslim, right? But the rebels amongst them, the leaders, the unrighteous, were wiped out. Mecca was conquered. So they became a son of Allah. Make sense? They became themselves a son of Allah. So similarly, what I want to say is that we're listening to this word right now. Yeah, we think about the past nations and the sons of Allah and the reckoning of Allah. And Allah says, okay, great. Have you learned? Because if you don't, one day you and I, everybody is going to die. The seven, eight billion people on this earth are going to be wiped out. But some endings will be good and some endings will not be good. And Allah is saying, do you want to become a sign for future generations? hundred years from today, like the past nations were a sign for you now. Some of us right now on this earth will be a beautiful reminder, serve as a beautiful reminder for people who come to this earth 100 years from now. They say, wow, these people are on the path. And many people of this earth right now will be serving as signs, right, for future generations of them not getting it, of them being just taken out. SubhanAllah, say, well, Allah make us among those who understand the lessons of the surah, that we become ourselves good signs, good ayat for people in the future. And not among those that that, that deter, that, that make people feel terrified because of the reckoning of Allah. So that makes sense? So Allah reminds us of this in the first two verse, in the first two verses and in commenting and condemning the behavior of Quraysh. And he further says, well, he says they didn't want to do anything but rebel and lie. They followed their whims and desires. That's really what it comes down to. Whims and desires of the heart, right? They had whims and desires. Uh, an insistence on, on their path of rebellion and injustice in Mecca and beyond. Allah says that's what they were doing, but that's a behavior that human beings uh, exercise throughout time. It's not specific to the people of Mecca. You know, many people are caught up with this and their desires get the best of them. But Allah says, مستقر, Every matter, every matter from Allah settles. It's going to find its appointed, right, outcome. It is sure, it is firm, it's not going to change. That's a theme we see throughout this surah. Nothing is going to alter the laws of Allah. The laws of Allah are fixed. There are actions and there are outcomes, right? Uh, there are seeds and there are trees that come out of the seeds. There's a law of gravity, but there are also laws of actions, right? Everything is measured. The movement of Earth is measured. The cellular activity in our bodies is measured. The amount of oxygen in the air is measured, right? The, movements of, the movement of the celestial bodies is measured. Every, the virus right now, 
the spread of it, the way it behaves, this coronavirus, it's still measured. It's run by Allah Azza wa Jalla. Yeah, our behaviors are a factor in this equation. Our behavior, in terms of its spread or containment, is a factor, and that's part of the precise measure of Allah. That's what Allah says, act responsibly. Our worship right now is a factor in this formula. And it can also alter outcomes. That's amazing. Our behavior right now, our worship to Allah, our du'as to Allah, can invoke the mercy of Allah. To alter with a precise measure, even where things can go. Allah says, everything is in accordance with a grand plan of Allah. What a beautiful thing to know. Suddenly you're like, oof, I'm not alone. Allah is in control of everything. Then Allah says, Indeed, for the people of Mecca and all of us, the news of past nations have come. They have come, and within them is Muzdajar. Muzdajar is something that scolds powerful warnings, not just a tiny warning. When you hear of Adam and Tamud shortly, they're not minor warnings. They're powerful, overwhelming warnings that should wake anybody up, that should scold someone. You know, when your child is... Uh, it's giving you a hard time and they're not listening. You, you're gentle with them at first. Hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, go to bed. They're like, just not listening. Go to bed, go to bed. And they're like, start just, just kind of arguing back. You reach a point after five, six times where you need to just hold and say, are you listening? You scold them. Allah's saying, the stories he's going to recite to us right now, within them, if you pay attention, they should scold you. You really speak. Loudly to all of us. And Allah says there is Muzdajar, but within them is also Hikmatun Baliba and Not only just an intense scolding and a warning within these stories that, 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 that news that have reached us, but within them is this absolute far reaching wisdom. We have incredible wisdom to learn from these stories. Just as today, we have an incredible Hikmah, far reaching absolute perfect wisdom to look into and learn. But it's again for the mind and the heart that is conscious of Allah, that wants to learn. So Allah says to Rasulullah turn away from them. Let them, if they insist on this, well, the greater number, there's a minor reckoning and a greater reckoning happening. He says, on the day, that's a greater reckoning, the day of judgment, that is coming faster than we think. And by the way, Rasulullah this is this surah is about the approaching signs, the approaching hour, and the signs that come with it. We're living in that period of time where if the Sahaba were present with us, they'll be thinking, they judgment is tomorrow. That's how many signs we've already been seeing. We're seeing a lot of the signs that Rasulullah and the Quran spoke about being fulfilled, including right now what we're witnessing, the spread of death. Killings is one of the signs of the hour. SubhanAllah. Rasulullah said, I was sent with the hour like this, and he referred to or used his index finger and the middle finger like this. They're so connected. But also, you can look at the separation between the middle finger and the index finger. The separation between their lengths is very tiny, right? He says, This close or this close. The amount of time left since the arrival of Rasulullah Muhammad compared to the time that elapsed 
from the beginning of time until his arrival is very minuscule. Very minuscule. So Allah says, turn away from them on the day when the caller will call them, when the trumpet is blown, and we'll all have to gush out of this earth, answering one call of Allah. None of us can turn away from it. But Allah says it's a call to something nukur. Nukur means something mysterious and unknown, but it's grievous. Not for the believer, though. Not for the believer. Grievous, terrible for those who chose to be blind. They're going to listen. They're gonna, at that point, there is no mistake about it. They're going to see it. They're going to hear it. And they're going to be compelled with it. They're going to be very helpless. But they're not going to be confused anymore. And Allah describes their condition in verse 7. Allah says, And that day when Allah summons us, Allah's earth is over. Life is over. The signs of Allah have been fulfilled. Even this earth will crack wide open. It's coming to its own measured destiny. This is a servant of Allah you're worshiping on. It has a measured life. And it's waiting to fulfill its mission. It's fulfilling its mission right now. But a bigger mission of earth is that one day when it hears the call of the trumpet, it will start to fulfill the ultimate mission, which is to crack wide open and to allow everything within its belly to burst out. And for this earth to come to its own end, it has its measure of death. And it's waiting. And it's going to submit to Allah. So Allah says, when that happens, everything within the belly of this earth, the billions of people in this earth, are going to gush out of this earth. Allah says, especially now, the rebellious, the believers, remember, are promised comfort and ease and no fear. Don't confuse the two. Allah says that people who rebelled will come out khushan. Their eyes are humbled. Humble. They're completely overpowered. And they come out of their graves, like, here's the metaphor, uh, the symbol here, is that he said they come out very confused, like scattered locusts. Have you seen locusts when they come and invade a field, how they are? There's swarms of them. Allah says, human beings will come out of their graves like swarms of locusts that are scattered all over. Can you imagine the scene? How graphic. Allah described it to two words. Those are one of the, some of the things we got to think about. Look at how scattered we are on this earth and how confused. A little, little bit confused. It's, it's tiny in comparison to that day, right? And, and we're frantic, right? Well, imagine the day Allah says in this surah, when you come out of this earth, really, really confused and dazed by what's happening. And there's no mistake about it. We're all going, going to one destination, but it's it's a scene of swarms of locusts, human beings coming out of their graves. They're scrambling towards, running, rushing towards one caller. Allah will appoint this caller. There's a trumpet, but there are also angels now steering human beings to the scene or to the land of judgment, the land of the ultimate reckoning. And Allah says nobody can escape it. This is the grip of Allah grip of Allah, and they're all going to be following this caller without the ability to even control themselves. They're going to be like, everybody's going to be marching. Nobody can turn around. It's an extraordinary description of the Day of Judgment. They'll all come out. Some will be in peace. Some will be frantic. Some will be dazed. Some will appear as if they're drunk. Right? If you think this is separation, you think this is separation, and here we are, we have to do a virtual session. 
And, and subhanAllah, we have that yearning to be with each other. So I'll imagine the day of judgment. We also have to be separated a little bit. But we're, some will be under the shade of comforted, and Allah will rejoin us. Ask Allah that He rejoins us on this earth, that we can come back and hug each other, right? Beautiful blessing of Allah. So on that day, everybody will be like marching like an army. And Allah says, You will not hear a hissing sound. But the Sound of the feet marching behind the collar to the land of judgment. That's something to think about in these days. And Allah says, not about the believers. Allah says, when the disbelievers who chose to chose to lead a blind life, they themselves will say, This is a day that is very hard. Asr, very intensely hard. They'll admit. But notice Allah doesn't say the believer will say this is a hard day. It isn't. For them, the same day will turn into bliss for some. Easy, flowing kind of experience for the believers where they're not touched by any torment. Then Allah in the next section. What a what a prelude, right? Now Allah speaking to the people of Quraysh and speaking to all of us right now. All over earth until the end of time. Now this section. It is a discussion of these past nations that I spoke about, and Allah speaks, He's going to speak of Nur, He's going to speak of Ad, He's going to speak of Thamud, He's going to speak of Lut, He's going to speak of Pharaoh. And again, why these nations? What's common amongst them? They're all powerful. They all have incredible resources. They're all arrogant. They're all dependent on the means, and they thought, well, I have all this power. Look at our phys even physical strength, like the people of Ad. Physically, they're strong. And they use this strength to even commit injustices against weak people and to usurp the resources away from them, as we'll see with Thamud, right? They're not fair people, right? They're greedy people. So what was common among them is their arrogance and their intoxication with their power. It's a theme of power in this world. So is their power going to be able to subdue the reckoning that Allah will send them? In its due time, absolutely not, as we'll see. Make sense? What a beautiful lesson. Really to be humble and think of our powerlessness and helplessness against anything that Allah has done in sense. So Allah begins by talking about Before them, the people of Nuh rebelled and they lied. And they accused our servant, who is Nuh, of being a liar. And they specifically says, say, said about him, They said about him, Madman. Madman. Remember the people of Quraysh? Yeah, sorcery. Same accusations. When they cannot deal with a coherent, powerful argument, they just start to accuse the, 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 the messenger and demonize the messenger. And in this case, they said, yeah, he's a madman. They called Firaun. Excuse me, Nuh, uh, 950 years, brothers and sisters. 950 years. Could there be a more patient man? He outlasted generations. And the same thing, same reactions, he kept seeing. People were just rebelling and they never learned. They never learned from their parents or their grandparents. Can you imagine his patience, generation after generation? He's dealing with the parents. They say, You're a madman. They run away from him. They lash out at him. They they use foul language against him. They physically hurt him. And he's humble and he's reminding them, yeah, come to Allah, come to Allah before the reckoning comes, before the reckoning comes. 
Allah wants you. Just make istighfar. Seek Allah's forgiveness and Allah will open the heavens for you with abundant provision. He's, he cares for them. And they abuse them. They die. Can you imagine? Their children grow up to unleash the same treatment on him. Can you imagine? It's like, you know when you're looking at a child, child of a friend of yours, and they're like, you were there with their parents, cared for them, and suddenly they grow up and they're like, eh, who are you? Right? And they just mistreat you. Or you're a long child. You're like, my goodness. Remember the day when I was carefree, played with you? Right? Can you imagine that, you know, right, subhanAllah, like, the children of his neighbors and family and, 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 and the larger communities, like, they grow up to abuse him like their parents. And he's patient. And then their children, grandchildren, he lived for 950 years. Can you imagine the level of patience and devotions? Devotion to this community. Then generation after generation, their children continue to abuse him and do the same thing his parents, their parents have done. And just like, I want to continue to help you and serve you and remind you. Yeah, it's the call of a messenger. That's the mission of a messenger. It's not our assignment to lash out at people and, and be harsh with them. And no, it's not. Or to, to you know, you know, just kind of um, determine what their destiny is. We can't leave them to Allah. But our job and assignment is to help them get closer to Allah, care for them, and be merciful with them. You exemplify this. But then he says, he reached the point where he was really helpless. Wow, it's just 950 years of doing this. And they really heard him. And Allah commanded him to build the ark, as you're aware. And then Allah just, uh, apparently, a place that has no ocean, no water in it. And that's what people call a real crazy man. It's building an ark, a ship, in the middle of a desert. And they were hurting him. He made a call to Allah. This is something we can really, again, practice right now. Da'ara, where would he go in the midst of all of this abuse? None but Allah, like right now. We have none but Allah. What did he say? Three words. Well, after Allah, Ya Allah, Rabbi, Rabbi, my master, my master. When people have heard me over and over and over, what do you say? He said three words. In me, I am maghloob. I'm overpowered. I'm abused. I'm overpowered. Maghloob. I've been defeated. Fantasmi. Ya Allah, help. Ya Allah, your aid. That's it. That's all he asked. He didn't say, do this to them. He said, Ya Allah, your aid. That's it. I am overpowered. Help me. But he meant it. So Allah says immediately after. In verse 11. Instantly, the decree of Allah, the reckoning came. And, and it was measured. And remember, it was measured and it had its appointed time. Right? And Allah Azza says, Here it comes. What was the promise of Allah in this case? Nobody knew. They didn't know, by the way, how their reckoning will be. They had no idea that even a reckoning will even come. They're arrogant people. Right? In their case, it was an overwhelming insurmountable flood. But where did it come to them from? Remember, the grip of Allah is very firm. It surrounds people, but they cannot do anything about it. So Allah says, so we open the doors, we open the doors of the sky, with a torrent of rain. Suddenly the rain started falling, and you know the clouds thickened. Allah said, it didn't just 
come down. It dumped on them. Day and night continuous in amounts that are unimaginable. Torn came down to them, but it wasn't all. What happened next? So they're going in their homes and like protect yourself from the rain. Allah says, no, they didn't understand this. Allah's power and grip is powerful. It's insurmountable. It's going to surround them. Allah says, and then we exploited the earth with springs and, 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 and gushing water that came out from underneath. So suddenly, earth started to crack from underneath them, not just from up above. And then springs of water started to gush out and water started gushing out in torrents from underneath. So they're being hammered with a torrent from above them, but with their homes. The earth itself was unleashing water, torrents of water from underneath them. You can imagine the, how they're flooded from above, their sides, and from underneath them, insurmountable again. The grip of Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah said, the water of Allah is water and They met. It's an interesting metaphor, like, wow, they met like two friends, like the water from up, up above met with the water from underneath to deliver the Qadr of Allah. To deliver what? The Qadr, the faith of Allah. Wow. And even the water here was a servant of Allah. Very important meaning. Water is gentle. Water is life. I'm just a little bit thirsty. Dump a little for bringing the water. That's why. It was raining this morning. Merciful. This water, Allah intensifies this a little bit. Turns on the faucet of the, of the sky and opens this earth. We're completely flooded. It becomes a soul. It's a soldier of Allah when it allowed me to sustain my life right now. And Allah can turn this same soldier. Allah says, Junood, soldiers of Allah, instrument of Allah, commanded by Allah, according to the precise measure, and it's surrendering to Allah. It could turn into hell on all of us. Same water. And here it is. A soldier of Allah. This virus. Soldier of Allah. It's doing this thing. According to a precise measure. Fulfilling its function. Right? Yeah, it's harmful. And Allah asks us to protect ourselves from it. See cures from it. But it's a soldier of God. Sending lessons and communications. That's it. And Allah says, Allah says, Don't worry about the man who turned to Allah with this humble du'a, Allah help me, I'm overpowered, help me, I'm overpowered. Allah says we carried him and his family, those who chose to believe. The, the, the ark they got, they built, they got into, and suddenly the earth, you know, the, the, the flood started building up, and the water underneath them started rising and rising and rising, it became deep, like an ocean. The towns themselves became like oceans. But suddenly the people in the ark, Nuh and the few members of his family that believed and the others and the animals that Allah asked him to bring under the ship, they start floating upon Allah says, upon plants and things. Plants and things. Against this powerful flood, what can they do? Nothing. And Allah says, underneath our eyes and Allah's care, we allow these plants to rise above the water and to flow and course on it. It reminds me of the basket of Musa. You know, Allah put, commanded his mother, you're terrified? Do the unthinkable. Put your son, who's an infant, in a basket and put him in the Nile. The Nile is a soldier of Allah. It'll carry the basket. It'll deliver the basket to its destination. Precise measure. Don't worry, it's under our eyes. 
life. I felt when I was reading this, that Allah grant us the ark right now to make us flow through this experience under his care to our destination. And everybody else, we ask for everybody else, for Allah's mercy to engulf everybody, that we're all in this, inshallah, flow on plants and nails through this torment of Allah to our destination that makes him happy. At the end, it's about Allah's mercy and happiness. Here it is. Allah says, don't worry. It doesn't matter what's around you, even if it's a flood, even if it's an overwhelming virus like this. Don't worry. Allah can carry you through it gently. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can touch you. But if something touches you, it's still the decree of Allah. And then he says, Allah says in verse 15, a recurring theme. And indeed, we locked it as a sign. Here it is. Locked it as a sign. The holding behind this is that this is a very uh, thorough reckoning, and it's a warning, intense warning, and a scolding. And Allah says, it's a reminder. Is there somebody who would remember? Is there somebody who would remember? It's a recurring uh, phrase in this one. Who will do Anybody here listening? Anybody paying attention? You know the teacher when he's frustrated, where the student is like, hey, anybody listening? Anybody paying attention? Everybody's rowdy, making noise. Everybody, any one person? Allah's saying this. Anybody who's not, who's not seeing this? Anybody who could read this? SubhanAllah. May Allah make us among those mudakirs. Who really like, say, Allah, we're, make us among them. Make us among them. Don't make us among the blind. We can't see it. And Allah's asking us, and right now he's listening. Right now. Right now, no matter where you are, you could be saying, saying, Ya Allah, in the midst of this trial, I, Ya Allah, I see it. Open my heart to see it. Right? And another thing, Allah says, we facilitated this Quran for remembrance. So is there somebody who would remember? What does that mean? Quran is very easy. Do you notice? We shared, okay, I read it. Arabic, basic Arabic, not hard. Right? There's translations, interpretations. It's possible, we can process it, we can digest it. Language we understand, and the translation of it we can understand. No confusion about it, very clear. It's a mercy of Allah that it is, as such, by the way, mercy of Allah. That Allah sent us a scripture, a guidance that we can understand. What a blessing from Allah. Allah says, isn't it clear? Look at this blessing you have. No intermediary between you and your God. And he's sending you a very simple, digestible, understandable communication that is delineating everything. It's not like leaving you confused. Sometimes teachers are mean. Uh, I don't know how many you know, of you watching this, like, yeah, those teachers who deliberately chose not to explain something, to just get you in the exam, right? They'll like give you half answers. And you find yourself in the exam, they're like, we didn't cover this. <laughs> it's not fair. That's not Allah. Allah doesn't, never does it. He explains everything. Everything. You have no gaps in your understanding. Everything is thoroughly detailed for you. And in a language, like you know when an adult speaks to a children, they sometimes don't know how to communicate the concept. Allah explained it broken down in a language and everybody understands. Everybody. No excuses. And Allah says, shouldn't, should you, can you have excuses after all of this? Clearly the answer is no. Then he talks about Ad. We'll quickly go through. Next section is about Ad. Ad is a powerful nation. 
their physical stature is very like uh, you know unparalleled. They're very strong people. They had a strong civilization, very powerful, powerful armies, and they were unjust rebels. They abused their people. So they were very proud with their own powers, like who's gonna who's gonna take us on? Nobody can take us. nobody can defeat this power of ours, right? It's very mighty. See their arrogance, they're intoxicated with a false perception of their power. They had none. And Allah sent them message, a message, right? And they didn't believe their own prophets. And they rebelled just as the people of Nur against their own their own um, prophet. And Allah warned them, well, the sign of Allah will come to you. The sign of Allah will come. Like Nur, right? Like Nur, the people of Nur. And they didn't eat. They insisted on their way to be blind. And indeed, Allah sent the reckoning. And what was the reckoning? He said, Rihan Sabsam. Again, a flood of different nature. In this case, it wasn't water, it was what? Rih is wind. Wind is good. Right now, experience wind. Air, mm, gentle, like water. It, it, it nourishes you. But the same thing, this is a soldier of Allah, can, when Allah turns it up a little bit in its speed, what, it, what does it become? A powerful storm. Allah says, when it becomes a powerful storm, it will uproot you. And that's what he did to them. He sent them raging storm. Wind that, because they're claimed to be powerful, uprooted their buildings, even uprooted them. Like them, physically. They were snatched out, as Allah describes here. They were snatched out by the powerful wind. Allah says, like trees that were snatched from their roots. They were emptied out. They were thrown out into the air like branches of trees. Well, where is your power? Nowhere to be found. It cannot do anything. Allah's reckoning is powerful, thorough, and complete. And it's a beautiful metaphor. And it also reminds us of uh, the other metaphor mentioned in the Quran about the tree, the good tree that is rooted with Allah. When the tree is rooted with Allah, it, no wind can snatch it out of, its, out of the ground. But when it has no roots, it crumbles quickly at the touch of any wind. Make sense? At the touch of any wind. So Allah says this, the people of Ad were wiped out completely and thoroughly. Then he says in 22, Again, the refrain coming again. Haven't we facilitated this Quran and made it easy to remember? Is there somebody who can understand? Is there somebody who can understand? Then he talks about Tamud. The next people he describes or discusses is, that, is the moon. They were also similarly strong, powerful nation. They rebelled against their prophet. And they said, are we going to follow this? Their prophet was Sadiq. Are we going to follow Sadiq? He's one of us. No way that a man from amongst us is a messenger of God. Indeed, if we follow him, they said, if we follow him, uh, then we're indeed astray and not. Make sense? They're like, are we going to follow this fool? If we follow this fool that we are fools and not, something has happened to our heads. That's how rebellious they were. They mocked him, and they accused anybody of following him to be also not. Then Allah Azza wa says, we sent upon them a sign. Another warning. 
So their messenger came to them and said, okay, God sent the sign because he was patient with them. And, 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 some, and some of them were, you know, still conversing with, with, with Sodom. Suddenly a, 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 a camel appeared, right? A sign of Allah. Sodom told them, this is a camel that a God sent. Don't mess with it. What God said is that you have to now split and divide the water that they're consuming in the town between you and this camel. Decree of Allah. He says, don't play with this. This is the decree of Allah. And by the way, there are unjust people who are very greedy. They didn't even want to share the water with poor people. They wanted all of it to themselves. So God sent them this sign. God sent them this sign. Yeah. Um, God sent them this sign to, to, divide, to divide the water between them and the camp. Right? So... He said the, the, the decree of God is that on one day the camel drinks, and on another day they drink. At first they comply, but they don't want to comply. They had no faith. They didn't want to comply. So um, after a few days where the camel was drinking and they were drinking, they decided, like, what kind of nonsense is this? Well, I have to camel to consume our water. So they called upon a man from amongst them. Right, a man amongst them was as you know as, as 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 horrible of a rebel as the rest of them. They said, "Hey, man, go take care of this. Go take care of this. this is nonsense. We're not going to put up with this anymore." So Allah describes it. And in verse twenty-nine, He said they called upon their companion. He was strong, and he's one of those people who was you know who could take care of business for them. And what did he do? He's like, "Yeah, I know exactly what to do." He uh, took out his sword went to this bear camel, and what did they do with it? Chopped its legs. Chopped off its legs. Slaughtered it. And remember, this was a sign of God. He says, don't touch that camel. Let it drink the water. It has its portion. You have your portion. Don't touch it. So not only did they not leave it alone, but worse, worse, they sent out someone to literally, literally slaughter the camel, and they slaughtered the camel. And Allah answers in verse 30, saying, So how was my torment for you? Instant. Remember, God's punishment. Instantaneous. Suddenly, after they did this, Allah sent his torment, precisely measured, and it was a sayha. In this case, it wasn't a flood of water, wasn't raging wind, it was a blast noise. And that noise came and took them all out. Imagine if you hear a siren, the impact of them on, on your heart, on your, on your on your vibrations, on your skin. It terrifies. And the louder it is, the more terrifying. Can you imagine a blast coming from the heavens? Like, you know, volume that is unimaginable that can, you know, essentially devastate all of her. They heard it. And it, what? they were, like, instantly killed. Instantly, you know, decimated. And Allah says, you know how they looked like after that blast came to them? They looked like crumbled, uh, uh, broken pieces of wood. Pieces of wood left after somebody like built a fence. There's some broken pieces that are left on the ground. That's how they looked. Remember what they did? They earned it. And Allah says next, Allah facilitated this Quran for remembrance 
So who would remember? And he'll talk about loot. Reminder after reminder. Loot, what did they do? The people of Lut, they were also rebellious in their own ways and, and blind. And Allah sent them Lut to warn them, to seize their ways. Then Allah suddenly comments on an incident that happened. So time has passed and they were not true, you know, they were not changing. They're not uh, uh, listening to the guidance of their prophet. Then Allah sent a couple of messengers, angels to Prophet Lut, who were disguised as human beings, handsome human beings, handsome men. They came and visited them, and as you're aware, you know the people of Lut, what they were interested in. You know, the men were interested in the men, right? And in illicit relationships with them. So the town saw these two handsome men coming into the house of Lut. They're like, whoa, did you see those two? Mm, they were interested in them. They were interested in them. Right? So what did they do? They know this is a you know, Lut is one of them. And he's like, you know, somebody they know well, they should respect him. They were so mad, they're so out of control that a mob of people went to his home. And Allah describes it here. They overwhelmed his house. They attacked the house of Lut for what purpose? To take these two people away from him and engage in illicit um, actions with them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that the mob swarmed the, people, the house of Lut and they were not just knocking on us, they got into his house to try to distract him to snatch who? Two angels. Can you imagine? They're trying to snatch two angels. Not understanding these are two angels of God. And indeed, Allah says, um, They couldn't do it. So Allah says, We blinded them, they couldn't even see them. But then the following morning, the promise of Allah came, and Lut knew about it. Allah turned to Lut and He said, Just sleep with your family. Sleep with your family. And who left, by the way? His own wife didn't believe. Just as Noah, his wife and his child did not get on dark. We have no control, brothers and sisters. Allah, as much as we say we have control, we have no control even over our children. Right? Allah gives us this example. He had to leave his wife behind because she was a rebel. She chose to stay. And he says, upon the morning, leave and don't turn back and don't look. So when Lut left in the morning at dawn, Allah says, don't look back. Because if you see what's going to be unleashed on them, it can hurt you. So he left the town in the morning, early morning, at an appointed time, and Allah unleashed another torrent. It wasn't water, it wasn't wind, right? It wasn't um, a blast and noise. What was it? It was a torrent of stones. Suddenly the heavens opened and unleashed stones on them, coming down like rains. But the drops were not rain, the drops were stones, pointed at each of them. Can imagine stones falling on you? Like imagine boulders falling from, like when you drive through mountains, everybody's terrified of something falling on the car. Can imagine just the sky, the, the clouds unleashing a torrent of stones coming down? Subhanallah, how, how devastating that is. Allah says, and they were completely wiped. And Allah says again, anybody? and remember. Then Allah says, um, coming to the end of it, final uh, is Fir'aun. And indeed, Fir'aun, warnings have come to him. 
they lied and rebelled, and we took them. In two verses, he describes them. We took them out, wiped them out, and we seized them with a siege with, with the seizing of who? Aziz Muqtadir. Description of Allah. Aziz is what? Powerful, mighty, muqtadir. Remember the word Qudra? Qudra is omnipotence, power. Muqtadir is one of the names of Allah, which means the one who has ability and power. Muqtadir. And capable of executing it without depending on anyone. It's thorough, it's complete. When Allah seized Fir'aun, it was the grip of the mighty one with this infinite power. When Allah seizes, nobody can escape his grip. And Allah says in verses 44 and 45, Here are the two the references, the reference to the two reckonings. Allah says, Their armies shall be defeated and they shall turn their backs and run away. They're going to be quiet out. This is where on this earth. That's the minor reckoning. What they do not understand is that no, 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 there's a greater reckoning waiting. This is nothing. This is just going to wipe you out here and you're going to die and go to your grave. You still didn't see the truth, you saw part of it. When they awaken, Allah says, their appointment, real appointment, the real reckoning is when they awakened, and Allah says, that hour when it comes, oh, if you thought this was faithful, if you thought this was devastating, no, 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 it's nothing. That hour when it happens is far more grievous and terrible. Far more bitter. That's when they really see the truth. So all their calculations here failed. They were reckoned with. They experienced it, and it's nothing. So I'm like, subhanAllah, this is nothing. So even what we're going through now, it's nothing. Tiny prick. Little tiny touch of that toilet. Little tiny one. Allah says, when the hour comes, it's terrible. If you think it's terrible, wait until you see. Allah's unleashing of that ultimate reckoning on the day of judgment. And then he describes the, un, you know, the, the criminals. This is a mujahideen. Indeed, the criminals, the unjust, they're going to be in Allah. They're going to be the ones astray. You know, on earth, they accuse their messengers of being astray. They said, mad people, lost. He says, on that day, you're going to be lost. You're going to be wandering and stunned, and you're going to be looking like a mad dog, right? SubhanAllah, you're going to be looking like the mad ones on that day out of confusion and terror. You're going to be dragged on their, they're going to be dragged on their faces. And then Allah Azza wa Jalla, wrapping up the surah now, he says this, He says, remember the theme of the surah, Every single thing we created, we created with a precise measure. Qadr, nothing is haphazard or random with Allah. But how does Allah create? Verse 50 explains it. He says, وَمَا أَمْرُنَا إِلَّا وَاحِدَةٌ كَلَمْحٍ بِالْبَصْرِ And our command is nothing but like the blinking of an eye. What is that? It's a very significant concept to think about. So in this life, we go through experiences at half time, right? So if I'm going to drink water, right? I'm going to intend it. Uh, my brain will issue a command after I, the thought comes in because of the need, thirst. 
which sends a signal to the brain, and the brain commands, you know, somebody, my me, my voice, my brain to say, call someone, and I look around and I call, brother, please, can you give me a cup of water? And then they themselves go, and then it takes a minute for them to pour the water, bring the cup, all these actions, right? Then they bring the cup here, then I have to look and see the cup, and then all these activities are happening in the brain, they take time, step after step after step processes. Then I, the brain says, commands my hand to go extend and grab with my fingers and then to bring it closer and then to open my mouth, say bismillah, take a sip, swallow, and do a, like, okay, hold several minutes. That's one, Allah says, if the commands of Allah don't operate like that. All these activities within our experience, right, where time lapse, circumstances, processes, and dependencies are just experienced in this life. When Allah commands, it's like what? So unlike the drinking water, reading a book, uh, cooking a meal, going to take time, from design or intention to the execution, when Allah commands, all that is in one thing, is in one simultaneous act. So the intent of Allah, when He intends something and designs it and conceives it and executes it, is not taking time like this, one thing after another. Look at an eye. So He's asking us to think of a blink of an eye, contrasting with a drink of water. What happens with a blink of an eye? Look at it. Um, the intention, the design. It's, it's un, you don't even think about it. The movement of the muscles, the command to the eye, the closing of the eyelid, the opening of the eye, all these operations, how long did it take? Microsecond. That's the closest we can think about that can describe to us the, how quick things can be in this life. Short time. Allah says, my commands are like that. Between the intention and the execution. That's the power of Allah. And then Allah wraps up the surah by saying, and everything they have done, small or big, is recorded. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's a powerful thing. Because remember, everything is by precise measure. Allah says, you have a say. In terms of the outcomes that are going to be unveiled for you, you're going to see them and witness them, and you're going to come to them according to a precise law of Allah. And every single word, thought, and action can impact what you see at the end. But guess what? It doesn't disappear. It's all recorded. Right now, everything. The heavens and on earth is being recorded in a book. We're going to witness it one day. And the outcomes and the consequences of these actions will be seen for sure. That's why Allah says, make up your mind about what you want to say. And Allah describes in the last two verses, inshallah, done with this. All this journey throughout the surah of things that are very difficult, right? And uh, scolding, intense warnings. Allah beautifully describes uh, the outcome of the believers in two verses only. Beautiful. He says, okay, don't worry. All these people, now for those who eat it, for those who listen, for those who remember it, what will they say? Allah in two verses describe, describes their bliss and levels. There are three aspects to it in ascending order. He says first, Al-Muttaqeen, those who have reverence for Allah, they're going to be dwelling in Jannah, in gardens and a river. 
what is that? By the car. Can you imagine in the midst of all of this? You know, like, oh, I wish I could be on a beach, right? You can be in a garden, eating and drinking with my brothers and sisters. So I can be, wish I could be in the kitchen right now. I'm wishing it. We'll lie. We can't do it, right? Wish. So the, the idea of the garden encapsulates the bliss we imagine in our physical bliss. Fruits, shade, right? Eating, drinking. So Allah says, you're going to be in that. But it's an unimaginable garden whose bliss, whose food and drink and shade is beyond your imagination. That's one love. We can conceive of this for our senses, right? But then he says, But they're going to be also now, that's another level now. Ascending higher. They're going to be on a seat of truth. Dwelling, they're going to be, remember when we talked about this, a greater experience of bliss is to be in a company. Isn't it true? Company of people you love. You're not just drinking by yourself, but you're hanging out with others, drinking and eating and enjoying and delighting. Ooh, conversations and reflections and memories. Allah says you're going to be in that. Perfect contentment. And there's no annoyance, no anxiety, no fear, no stress whatsoever. It's so social bliss. First was physical bliss. Now social bliss in that company you're going to be dwelling with. Is that all? No, it's not. It's not done. Allah says, and the highest that you can conceive of, you cannot even describe it on this earth, the most intense experience of bliss is what? And the very to be by Allah. Next to, he says, next to, you're not just sitting with your friends. Higher, more spiritual, more blissful, it cannot be described in words. He put two words, and the next to, Malik, the one with the full, um, Ownership of everything. The one who owns everything, muqtadir. The one, the omnipotent. But he's saying is that the highest bliss you can arrive at and reach is what? To be in whose company? Allah's company. And he wraps up the surah. That's the goal that he describes as the ultimate destination for all of us. Ultimate, ultimate destination for all of us. Um, one final word is that in verse, in surah al-Najm, how do we get that? How do we get to be in the company of Allah eternally? And all this pain is behind us. All this torment is behind us. In the end of Surah 20, uh, Najm, last Surah, Allah described it in the end, lillahi wa Prostrate your heads to Allah and worship serve Allah And just as Rasulullah ascended to the highest, the believer has an opportunity right now in this Surah to ascend to be in the presence of we ask Allah to make us among those who dwell in that righteous company, in His company, in His presence, in the hereafter, in Jannah al Firdaus, with the righteous company of the believers of Rasulullah. We ask Allah to make us among those who heed and pay attention to His reminders and communications. We ask Allah to grant us patience in this trial that we're going through. We ask Allah to not deprive us of the blessings of community and family, to protect our well being, our health our sanity, uh, our serenity, and our peace, to protect it, Ya Allah, for everybody on this earth who's gone through any difficulty, to alleviate the suffering of everyone, to heal the sick and the wounded and those who are struggling. We ask Allah to make us among those who serve Him on this earth, who show mercy and compassion and concern for every living creature. We ask Allah to make us uh, fortified in this, in this difficult trial, to make us emerge out of it, out of it as a people who pleased Him. 
ask Allah to shower us with His mercy and to grant us relief. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Barakallahu feekum, brothers and sisters. Final announcement, inshallah, as we announced before, um, there are no halaqas now. We're, we're going to be streaming everything. Stay tuned, inshallah. Uh, we're going to be, uh, inshallah, staying connected with you virtually and providing you content. Uh, so that we can all, inshallah, continue to learn together and reflect together. Uh, stay tuned for those announcements that are coming to you uh, by email. But as I said, we'll be streaming, inshallah, more. Um, uh, every Friday, uh, the halaqa at Naba Brother Tarqa stream. But also we have, instead of a Jum'ah prayer, we're asking you to pray at home, for rakas, pray dhuhr, inshallah. I will also deliver a talk every Friday at the time of Jum'ah prayers at 1.15. Uh, inshallah, that serves as a reminder for all of us so that we're connected to Allah and to each other. Inshallah, until next time. Assalamu alaikum.